what's up? This is the Me and My More Successful Friends podcast. I really hate that every time I start the podcast, I have this podcast voice that I do where I'm like, what's up, guys? Um, this is Lori Marie. Today, this is episode 13. I already actually said that on the intro that I did before Jacqueline got here, but I'm still undecided on whether or not I'm going to use it. So in case I don't use it, you're getting the information twice. <laughs> so Jacqueline's now here. She's sitting on my one of my couches because I'm super fancy. You're so um, fancy. This is Jacqueline Marfuji. She's one of my Longtime friends in stand up long, you know, this is L.A. So seven years, I would say, is a long time. That's like basically a fucking marriage. That's like eight marriages in L.A. <laughs> right. Like, I can't believe I've known you for that long almost. Um, and so we were talking off air, so to speak, that you are. So Jacqueline does comedy. That's how we met. She mm -hmm. also is a host. She has her own podcast. It's called What's Your Jersey? <laughs> And you do like so many other things. I feel like you're very multifaceted and talented. And that's why you're on the podcast today. Ooh, well, thank you. I'm exhausted listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should listen to the intro I did before. I like listed off a hundred things, kind of like the whole L.A. joke. Like I'm a actress, comedian, host. A slasher. Uh, sla yeah. <laughs> all the slashes. Instagram model. Um, no, definitely not that. Not, no. Unless I'm I, modeling pasta and like cheese. I think you definitely, you're not sponsored yet by like I, Chef <laughs> I should be. I feel like all my sponsors are like the opposite of like eating well. Like they're all like about like wellness and everything. And I'm like, I should be sponsored by like Domino's. <laughs> Why? I mean, why not? We should change. Let's flip the script and change the game. And let's just be like in influencers for the things that we actually like. Because who right? fucking really wants to actually say that they enjoy drinking wellness tea? Like it makes you <laughs> shit for like eight hours. Well, no, like I'm even into that. And I love the idea of it because I'm like, get it out of me. Because I mm -hmm. think it's gross to just have shit in you. That's a whole nother topic. No, that it, yeah, shit is gross. Yeah. I but. I will buy like the your tea boxes or the wellness tea and I'll use it like twice. And then mm. it's literally just sitting in my closet and I forget about it. I'm over it. Like it's just I don't remember. It's there. I, it's the same. I got roped into one of those Instagram scams where they're like, we're going to send you all this free shit and then you have to do posts. And I did one post and then they went out of business and I was like, it's all my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I feel really bad because there was a company that reached out to me and I feel like a dick. Because they were like, can you take pictures of yourself with our like protein powder? And I was like, yeah, totally. And then when it came, they sent it for free, but they weren't paying me. It was uh -huh. just to get free the shit. powder. Yeah. And in the letter, it was like, okay, you need this certain kind of camera, which I don't like. I don't have that camera. Like, and so I just, I'm not going to pay someone to professionally take pictures no. for me if I'm not getting paid. And your boyfriend has a job, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but girl, I got to make my boyfriend. own money. Right? Yeah. Yes. Instagram boyfriends. Um, so which can I, so um, Jacqueline's also a really amazing talented dancer and you get paid to do that sometimes not like of the nude variety not that there's <laughs> anything wrong with that we don't nothing we wrong don't with discriminate it against nude dancing holy um, shit the woman female body is amazing but i don't want people to think that 
you do that if you don't do it? I wish I could have been a stripper. Like I literally probably <laughs> A would have like owned two homes by now. Yeah. B, like they're so strong and the technique to work that pole like mm-hmm. is just not for me. It so that's not one of your specialties. No, no. You're no. you're of the Britney Spears variety. I love that you say that. Yeah. <laughs> because I know that you love the Britney. <laughs> I think I was checking out your Instagram before you came over to clue myself into what you've been up to lately because that's mm-hmm. what we do now in 2019. Mm-hmm. And you posted about Britney Spears, which A Slave for You was my favorite Britney Spears music video. Me too. Okay, but here why why was it your I'll tell you my favorite, but why was it your favorite? Um It was just, I feel like it was the combination of everything, like, in that video. Like, her body, the, like, Neptune's beat that, like, we hadn't heard yet from the Mm -hmm. song. Like, it was actually, like, low-key cool. Yeah. We're like, fucking love, oops, I did it again. That was not a cool song to be into. Right. You know? But, like, all of a sudden, you're like, oh, like, they'll actually play this in a club. Like, yeah. It was just like hot and I love that she was sweaty and had like almost like blonde dreadlocks because she was so oily and dirty. But it was just the pink thong on the jean, like all of it. And the dance though. like The dance was good. It's so fucking iconic. I'm sorry. Can I curse on here? Oh, you can say all the F-bombs. I get so passionate when I talk about this. I say coming, so don't worry. Perfect. (laughs) This is an X-rated podcast. Yes. And I was actually lucky enough to be on so Brian Friedman danced in the honestly free video he was a you know judge like and so you deal. think you could dance like he's a big mm-hmm. deal for mm-hmm. anyone that's into this shit if you're not I would fast forward for the next minute um yeah. <laughs> sorry um <laughs> he's really funny though so he was a dancer in the video and a dancer for like oops I did it again live performances oh, wow. and he's choreographed a bunch of shit for her but Wade Robson choreographed this video and that's when I think Brittany and Wade actually like hooked up like they it were was, fucking right yes they were fucking yeah, yeah. oh god which it, it's it's like cool for them but like also like Justin Timberlake I feel like losing that oh. whole thing like just fucked her up like Kevin was yeah. bad all yeah. the things anyway I the second time I was asked to do the funny dance show at the comedy store they asked me because originally when I first did it Lance Bass was the judge Mm -hmm. on the show and I did a whole Britney medley and it was like the best night of my entire life I remember watching clips of it I watched them like over and over (laughs) and over because I was obsessed it was so good really thank you yeah I did that I think that was when I asked you to be on the podcast oh yeah probably um (laughs) so the first time I did it was like Lance Bass Britney medley I thought it couldn't get any better than that and then they came back and it was after they had already filmed the first season of the Funny Dance Show for E. And oh, okay. they like Brian Friedman was a judge on that. So that's how they had like met wow. him. Meet him? I don't know. Met anyway, him, yeah. met him. And they reached out to me and they were like, OK, we know you're obsessed with Brian Friedman. He's going to be the judge. Like, this is the show you have to do. Wow. And I was like, how are we going to top the Britney medley? Yes. <laughs> like, it was just like, what are we going to do? And it was just like divine timing because... Justin Martindale, who's a host on it, is obsessed with RuPaul. Mm. Brian Friedman choreographed this whole like RuPaul oh, um, wow. song to can't don't don't call me mother. Call me mother. Call me mother. And it was 
right. It was the last week that Game of Thrones was ending. So like it was a whole combination of like Mother of Dragons, Call Me Mother, RuPaul, still can do the Britney choreo, but like make it like more like Brian. Like it was a whole fucking thing. And so, yeah, I got they got video of Brian. Like after I did it, we like slayed and killed and I had like guy dragon dancers That's on right, stage I saw that. <laughs> it was insane and like i stripped down i actually had a friend and this is Lori and i were talking about this before like you mm. kind of just have to ask for what the fuck you want yes. and we i just was like how do i find a daenerys like mother of dragons costume and a friend of mine reached out and she had it she had wow. everything and then a friend of mine sarah mitchell who actually was one of britney spears's like main dancers for the entire vegas really? show run yeah, she had this whole nude like body stocking that she wore in the show and she was like you need to wear this. Oh my god. So like I dr- like got the whole like Mother of Dragons costume like we ripped it off after the Game of Thrones beginning and then busted out yes. to call me mother. And yeah, Brian, like his judging of me, he was just like, you're a dancer, dancer. I remember him saying that. I watched that too. Guys, you have to go to Jacqueline's Instagram and just scroll until you see the dancing (laughs) um, Instas because they're the shit. It was so cool. But it sucks because I feel like I forget about this stuff until I like come on something like this, you know, yeah, it's crazy. So So what came first? Like, obviously, dancing was first, but do you um, did were you, did you come to LA to be a dancer or did you come to LA to do like acting and comedy? I definitely didn't come to be a dancer at all. Wow. And dancing was something that just always like kind of like always came naturally, but I was never, and this is the reason why I'm not a professional dancer. Like I was never like flexible enough. Like flexibility was just not a thing for me. And I don't know if it's because at a young age, my mom told me she broke her pelvis trying to like (laughs) do the splits. So I was always like super careful and like, just like, I, I don't know. It was just never a thing, but like a signature, like dance style, like that always came naturally. And like having just like something a little different and a Mm -hmm. flair came naturally. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like hip hop basically yeah kind of and also that just britney spears wade robson brian friedman early 2000s style which now i watch i can lose two hours on like millennium's like dance page I know. like deep yes. dark spiral of just watching one dance video after another and i'm like oh my god these people are so fucking talented it's crazy you know and so no i didn't come here to dance i luckily i feel like i was always good enough to like make it on like i danced on the dance team in college mm-hmm. and like I danced on a dance team here and like always kind of like did it as like a side thing. Like a hobby basically. Kind of. Yeah. And now it's weird. I'm, I'm, I teach like dance plyometrics classes. So I don't yeah. teach like the hardcore like dance, like where they film it and like all that. I mm-hmm. teach like workout classes, but it's 100% follow along dance. Like actually guys, Lori had to run out at her apartment <laughs> Just now when she came in, she had to run out to get something really quick. And so I was like, I'm fine. I'll stay here. And the head of the company I work for sent me choreo that we both kind of collaborated on to Lizzo's Truth Hurts. And it's like the most therapeutic choreography like you could do. Anyone can do it. But it's like a lot of punching and like boxing and then like booty shaking. And it's kind of like a fuck you dance to like 
any guy that's like messing with your head. So I hope you don't have cameras in your apartment because I, I don't. I took them down. Oh, no, one, no one's been over recently for me to need those. So, <laughs> so yeah, I was literally doing choreography while you were. So gone. you were. That's what I thought you were going with this. Yeah, yeah. no, I took the cameras down. Um, don't worry. <laughs> Damn it! I thought we were gonna have fun later. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know, I am possibly switching to the other sex i don't know i'm kind of at my breaking point right i mean now. girl dating in la <laughs> will make you do that are you kidding me i'm kidding i'm kidding but uh, but i also, don't want anyone that might listen to this get any ideas <laughs> you're like already, i like dudes yeah, i like dudes i like dudes i'm not interested in threesomes at the moment been there done that i love that you're uh, like at the moment at the moment <laughs> you're you never open. know it's so funny because it's like you know since i don't drink when I used to drink, obviously, you could get me, it, if I liked you a lot, I was down for whatever. Oh, what? You're Whenever. like, the more the merrier. Yeah, I was like, more hands? Cool. <laughs> Guys, I do have to say, like, Lori walked in and, like, opened the door for me, and you were just glowing. You have this, like, sick tan, and you also have my favorite part on the female body is, like, the lower back. Oh. If you have, like, a good, like, muscle, and she's got these, like, high-waisted, I just have to describe this for you, these, oh, like, high-waisted, like, coral red kind <laughs> of, like, dress, like, cropped pant with, like, a white stripe, but, like, it's hot because the second she turned around, she had that, like, back muscle, which Brittany has in the Honestly oh, For You video, you. <laughs> and it, like, peeked out at me, and I was like, oh, she's hot. <laughs> Like it was good because it's like a secret like little it's not like your tits were just out in my face or whatever, yeah. which I'm fine with. I mean, I can do that, too, if you want. Perfect. A different shirt. <laughs> but like I always love a good like cropped like whatever, because my problem area is my belly. And oh, stop it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you look great. Thanks. Yeah, I've been doing this cropped thing. It's become sort of my like signature. Good. Go I with call it. it like a uniform. I'm like really into the idea of a uniform uniform right now where I wear yeah. like a tuxedo pant or like some funky pants and then I have the crop because the last like year I've made it my mission to get back into shape yeah um, well you look great thank you and uh you know so that's that's been a goal of mine but like when um, Lori commits to something she fucking goes all uh, in yeah <laughs> like, that's why whoever wants to date me you should because I will blow your mind but uh anyways back to you Jack <laughs> let me blow your mind uh, can I just tell you that song by Gwen Stefani and Eve there's gonna be a lot of musical references in here yes, um love it. that I remember being at like senior prom down the shore in Jersey <laughs> in like seaside heights and I my boyfriend at the time he had already graduated and so he was just like rolling on like Molly at my prom like it was nice. terrible but I like <laughs> he's he's cool now and like grown up and awesome and married I, I think um but yeah like just like down the shore and I remember he was like asleep in the bed by like nine o'clock and I was like fuck this and so I put on let me blow your mind <laughs> and like tried to do like a strip tease like it was just very wonky and awkward and like whatnot and I hate that every time I hear that song now I have to think about oh, you have to think that. about that moment I'm sorry I said the words <laughs> no but it's such a good song I'm so gonna change it I'm gonna think about you now okay cool well <laughs> hopefully next time you see me I'll have a good um high-waisted back situation going on exactly but so let's back up here so you and I met I like to always kind of circle back to how I met 
all of my guests because then it sort of frames like how you surpassed me. <laughs> oh my God. I, I like love that you're so self-deprecating, <laughs> but like she literally has like money and like a job and like I find you to be so successful and also hi listeners. Do you, have your, do you call your listeners anything? Um, I call them my more successful friends. <laughs> you call your listeners your more yeah, successful or I friends? I go like, hey, my more successful friends and listeners. Got it. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I haven't really gotten that far with the branding of this podcast yet. I've All just right. really committed to the fact that everyone I have on tends to be doing better career-wise than me. <laughs> and I just run with it, even though people love to bring up that I have a one-bedroom apartment, which... I guess that's like some semblance of success in Los Angeles, but it is, especially um, with this mid-century modern furniture. You have you. like the shag, <laughs> like cream colored pillow. Like there's succulents everywhere. Yeah. It's got air conditioning. Like my air conditioning has been broken literally for three weeks now. And really? Ugh. I think I, my boyfriend and I are like, should we break up? Like, it just, like, makes, like... Because it just gets so hot. It just gets so hot that, like, we're just angry. And we, like, look at each other and we're like, ugh. Yeah, summertime. I know Jacqueline said earlier before the podcast, she was like, wait until summer's over to call anyone your boyfriend. Totally. And I think that's actually a really good assessment because I get really hot when I'm sleeping Especially when I'm sleeping next to someone, I'm like an oven. Oh, he calls me the furnace. Oh, yeah. I, I think there's just something about us because we're just hot. So it's like we, we run get, hot and yeah. we also work out. I work out yeah. a lot more than he does. And I think when you work out, yeah. it just like you're constantly you're circulating. There's a lot happening. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I don't so, know. Yeah. So we get. Yeah. We're toasty. But um. <laughs> <laughs> so I. Okay. I like to, do you remember the first time that we met? Because I think I remember, but I like to always like do this reminiscing thing. Part of me, for some reason, rock paper is coming up in my brain. Like right. an oh open God, mic. Like I feel like that might have been the first time or. That's so funny. I on the Comedy Store patio, maybe. Those are all seeming correct. That's so, I have not thought about rock paper for years. Because I think I've only ever done that mic maybe twice. Really? Maybe three times. I don't so know. That's probably not where we met. I was like hitting the scene, but I do remember I did see you there. I think I was hosting there. Yeah, a I lot. think you were hosting, and like Loey was there, and I was. I think I had been asking him like, "Where's a good mic?" Because I like needed another mic or something. And then I was with Ariel, and I think we went there together. But no, I thought the first time I met you was at the old Haha. <gasps> and Rachel was there because yeah. Rachel was the first first woman. Aside from Samantha Hale that I ever talked to in stand-up ever. That's so funny. And she was like the first, one of the first people I met. And then I think you showed up to a mic one night. Yeah. But you were on like the show or something. And we like, we met and then I just kept seeing you. Yeah. We just kept running into each other. Yeah. No, but I definitely always like liked you and was always jealous because you were so tiny. You were like a little peanut. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not that. And I, I'm I just, just short. I'm just short. No. And tight. Um, now, yeah, but again, yeah, and like you were just always so friendly, but also like funny, and I respected that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah I always thought you were funny too. I remember, um, watching you after the mic one night, you were on a show. I think it was like all the the key players that used to hang out. I like to call them key players. They used to hang out, <laughs> at, uh, like Jack Jr., Vincent O'Shauna. Um, Augustino when he was working there. Oh yeah. Um, Michael Inochi. That's oh God, so like funny. Ev everyone that's like all 
doing everyone's doing shit now which is pretty cool um including you and i remember you had this joke and i was like god how old was i i was like 27 and i think i had like just learned to masturbate like two years prior and you had this joke about eating thinking about pizza while you're trying to have an orgasm <laughs> fucking some guy and i was just like oh i I need to be on top. That's what I, I remember like <laughs> laughing to myself, like thinking about your joke. I don't know why. Sorry. This is like getting really intimate, but it's okay. Your joke yeah. made me think about my masturbation skills because <laughs> I had like just discovered some things about myself. That's so but, funny because um, at that age was right around the time that I definitely discovered like how to really work it and like yeah. what worked for me and what didn't and like how to like stop faking it. Mm, oh, yes. And like, like stop, be yeah. in the moment and like actually like be present and be there and like th- feel like what was happening. And yeah, no, that definitely around 27, 28, 29. Yeah. Which was like last year. No. Yeah. Hey, wish. you know, what's funny is like I'm, I'm so glad to be I mean I have a birthday coming up but I will say my my mother ugh, this is so gross but she would always tell me like yeah sex gets better in your 30s and I was like oh no it doesn't like my body's always going to be amazing in my 20s and now I'm like oh my god I think that she's right like I have way better sex now oh my god 100 percent yeah your mom's right she was right and it grosses me out to even think about her ever <laughs> putting anything in there I mean I came out of there so I don't want to know like what's going on, <laughs> but okay, cool. So that's where we met. So that's the timeline. So I would say that was like 2012, 2013. That was like really early in my stand up. Like really? Very so early. So how long have you been doing I it? think I started in 2012. Okay. So seven years. It was about. like a bucket list thing. Mm-hmm. And it was right around the same time that I teamed up with um, Ty Chase, who's now she's killing it. She's like a wedding photographer, blogger, photographer. She has this huge photography business. Wow. But we had teamed up together. We met um, and she was acting and we created this like white girl rapper parody. Oh, that's right. Thing. <laughs> and it was just it kind of went hand in hand because it was comedy writing and we mm. had to write all these parody music videos that had like modest success and like were so fun and I was obsessed with them, but I would also incorporate that into my stand-up. Like I remember I like rapped a lot and did like a lot of the stuff that like you kind of do when you're first starting out where you're like, what can I do that's not doing stand-up? <laughs> like yeah. shows off my talents. Right, like trying to do different things. Yeah. So I was doing a lot of that. But it were I now I've honed in on that though and like realized that like physical comedy and doing voices on stage are exactly like that's just me that's where it's at so yeah and when did so when did you move to LA oh god I think this month is like my 11 year anniversary oh wow okay you're officially acclimated you're officially a Los Angelino I am which is so sad because I literally like every time I landed LAX I'm like I fucking hate it here (laughs) (laughs) really yeah it's like Jacqueline what do you go home like but things are like working and like I've met all my like best so many good friends out here and like I met my boyfriend out here even though he's from New Jersey like too yeah and it is crazy and I I have recently like the last time I was home and I don't know if it's just like getting older and like missing family more 
it's hard for me, especially because my parents live right outside of New York City. Before I moved here, I was like in acting, like the best acting school I've ever been at in New York. And I was like getting more and more auditions. And I kind of left when I was like starting to like have some heat under me, Mm -hmm. which I don't really recommend doing. Um, (laughs) why do you think you left? You were just sort of like, LA's the place to be or no, it wasn't even that it was an opportunity. Okay. I, I, I feel like I hadn't like fully moved out of my parents' house yet. Like I was driving into New York every day, taking the train in, staying with a guy that I was dating at the time who lived in New York. So like I was doing everything in New York, but like I wasn't actually living there. Like my name wasn't on a lease. And a friend of mine from college, I went to University of Rhode Island, was like, hey, my parents own this apartment in California. It's in Manhattan Beach. And in my head, I'm like, oh, that's L.A. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The South Bay. What a dummy. Oh, my God. But it's beautiful. Oh, my God. It's I call it Pleasantville. Like, it's amazing. So clean. Oh, so clean. So many hot little yoga bodied moms just pushing around strollers with rocks on their fingers. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like that's not going to give you a depression and a complex yeah. and a drinking problem when you move here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, I need a roommate. And there was someone else who was in the theater department with us. And he was supposed to be our like third roommate. So it was going to be like three's company. Oh, cute. Like a whole thing. And he backed out literally like I think a week before we all moved in together. So oh, it was like kind of wonky from the start but yeah I was just like well if I don't do it now I'm never going to and I was like freshly like young early 20s like being like yeah I can always come back you know yeah and it's cool though yeah so I came out here and just kind of slowly realized you have to be in Los Angeles like you can't live in Manhattan Beach and like realistically like yeah act go to auditions and like work and do all it's just too much So how long did you live there before you came to West Hollywood? I feel like I only lived there not even a year. I think I was there like nine or ten months. Oh, right. Because you said off air that you've been in your apartment for ten years. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But then I moved around a few times in Hollywood. Maybe it's been 12 years of me being here, actually. Yeah. Because I lived... I first moved to Hollywood. I lived in like a three bedroom, like roach infested. There was like nice. four girls living there. Oh yeah. To one bathroom. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. And our like tub had like a coating of spray tanner on the bottom oh that like God. never could get out and it would always be clogged because there would be so much hair in it. And it was just like, it was such exactly what you would picture like girls doing living in Hollywood like not knowing any better it sounds so fun though it sounds very um oh my god what's that stupid Ryan Gosling movie the musical one oh La 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 Land Land. that's what it sounds like it was exactly it was like that (laughs) only like we had like one girl who like was super mean we called her the dark crystal like she would like like, hide in her room she would draw like on her walls but she was like super hot and tiny and like looked really cool like very curated like Los Feliz type like hipster yeah where it was like you're so cool but like you're such a dick yeah. Um. She was like living with us. So she was kind of mean. But the other two were fun. Like we became like obsessed with going out. It was like when the hills was happening. Oh my like God, the we hills. Knew, oh, my God. <laughs> all the promoters like Ledoux was like every fucking oh, that night. Was the spot. Yeah. It was so stupid. God, like I, I mean, I wish it's so funny. I actually right before I came here, I had some time to kill. Mm-hmm. And I went to my friend Hannah Brown, who she's lived here for a year. But like 
has somehow managed. She has a podcast that's successful and like wow. has met all of us who've been out here for like a decade. Yeah. And she has like all these like big guests and she's like crying because she's like, oh, not crying, but just like, oh, I'm not far enough yet. And I was like, you're like 25. <laughs> You've been here for a year. And she's killing it. And like, you know all these people, you're in it. Like, be grateful and know that you're fine. Yeah. You know, it's just And 25, like, in seven, eight years, your life is going to be so different, probably, if not more successful. All I cared about was being at the coolest restaurant I could be at. Like, I remember my 25th birthday. I was back in New York, and I was like, it has to be a butter because that was like the oh place God. to go to. And like, it's just funny. The older you get, the more you realize like that shit doesn't matter. It's better to be at like hole in the wall places that you just yeah, like. Like the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> oh, I love a good Cheesecake Factory meal. Oh my God. The pizza lunch is the bomb. I haven't had the pizza you lunch. You get like a little mini pizza and then a side salad and then the bread. <sighs> like The bread. The Do you know they make that bread now you could buy in the store? Um, you just changed my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the brown. The <laughs> I don't brown even one. eat bread anymore, but like I'm gonna go buy it just so like once in a while when I'm feeling depressed. Just freeze it. Yeah, I'll just freeze it. Freezing is my new thing. Yeah, no, do that. My it's- fridge is normally like a fucking bachelor fridge. When I used to drink, there would be like always just a bottle of Vuve like champagne because I'm fucking fancy. You're so bougie. <laughs> oh my I god, so I bougie. love that. There would always just be bo- there would always be Vuve. And then there would be water and then I would have like a couple condiments and that was it. And like that was my life. And um, now I'm not so bad. Like there's always like cheese and butter and condiments. Now I have food in there. If Those you are open it, there's like food. There's like fruit and like yogurt. And I'm like trying to be a fucking adult. But um, do you have ranch dressing in there? Oh, I fuck. Yeah, I got the ranch. Ugh. Every now and again, when I'm having a bad day, I will order a pizza I did that last Monday. Thing. Well, there, yeah, it's like the bomb. Dog. Yeah, that's an LA thing. Like you have to have your one pizza place. Oh, mm. see, mine, unfortunately, <laughs> I love a thin crust Domino's pizza with bacon and pineapple on it, okay. and a Hidden Valley Ranch dressing on the side. No, I was, I wasn't gonna out myself, but yeah, mine is Domino's. Yeah, like also. I, and like I'm from like an Italian family in New Jersey. Like you think I would like have. Seeked out like the most like the amazing pizza. pizza, like garage pizza. That that is good, but it's not the best. Love Lose- you, girl. I have a show there on Thursday. Oh, I'm not did? gonna hate on it. I'll probably Go. eat the pizza then. Actually, no, I'm filming Playo Gym online dance workout videos Friday okay. morning. So, so intermittent no. fasting until Friday. I'll probably eat. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Yeah. I have a lot coming up where I actually I I like woke up yesterday and was like I need to lock it up. Like I have like shit that I need to look good for and like the LA diet sucks because I'm so hungry right now I'm it's so okay. hungry this is what you do you just drink black coffee take three shots of apple cider vinegar a day three you have to do three you gotta do one in the morning one when you get home and one right before bed you just put a little water in it just take it like tequila okay fine love it and then um two like scoops of plain Greek yogurt in the morning and that's it and you'll be good <sighs> for the next three days. I can't do it. I, I really it can't. You'll be fine. <laughs> but I love food too much. Like I know, I'm, but after a while, like your brain will be like, oh, I fucking hate food. And then like you can't eat anything else. That's what I've been doing wrong all these years. Yeah, you just got to like train yourself. So but I can't do black coffee now because I will not go to sleep tonight. 
Uh, well, not right now. Not right now. So do it in the morning. I, I see. Maybe that's my problem with apple cider vinegar. I've taken shots, but I've never added water to it. You have. Well, yeah, it doesn't metabolize as fast if you don't do the water. That's my secret. People always ask me, like, how do you maintain? Because I don't work out every day. I don't have time. Really? Yeah, I just do the apple cider vinegar. You know what's funny? I was like, I need to get like a real job or like something stable. So mm-hmm. I like decided to like quit all the acting classes, like get someone to cover all the dance classes I teach and kind of just put everything on hold for seven weeks. Mm-hmm. And I worked on uh, Joey Fatone from his game show um, called Common Knowledge. And like the hours were insane. I would wake up at like 4.45 every oh day. God. And it was we- it was a very full circle thing because the studio we filmed at was in Manhattan Beach. Oh, wow. So you like came back to where you started. Exactly. It was down the street from where I originally had moved to. And it was so funny because going into it, I went in like kicking and screaming. Like didn't. I was I like. to have a day job. I was angry at everyone. I was like angry at my boyfriend for be- like it was all these things. And it ended up actually being great. And my biggest concern was that I'm not going to be able to work out. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. I'm going to gain weight. I like I'm not going to be able to do all the beauty things I do. Like I, because the hours I would work, I would leave the house at like 530 in the morning and I wouldn't get home until 830 at night. And I would have You're to go tired. to bed by 10. Yeah. Nothing's opened. Yeah. Nothing is opened at 830. Like unless no. I went to crunch. But like you couldn't you could barely work out. I literally would come home and maybe put Real Housewives on. And there's a trainer who I love. Her name is Maria. She teaches at Hot Pilates and Aura Yoga. And she has all these like 15-minute videos on her like Instagram that you can do. So I would do those while watching Real Housewives. Which is all you need, just like a little bit of like stimulation. And the thing was, I was really strict and just diligent. And it wasn't because I have such good self-control. I was so deathly afraid of gaining a ton of weight that Mm -hmm. like I refused to eat any carb on set. Like it was just... And they serve you all the good shit. Yeah, like, like all the pasta. Craft service? Are you yeah. kidding me? Oh like my God. every day everyone's walking in with like the bagels, the breakfast burritos, like just and then pasta, like all of it. It was like all my favorite things just staring at me every day. My favorite kryptonite, Cool Ranch Doritos. Like I can eat a gallon really? of Really? You're a Cool Ranch girl? I love them so much. Oh, my gosh, that's so funny. I remember I I remember the 90s packaging, like how cool it was, how it had like the clear little windows you could see (laughs) (laughs) the like Doritos like the and like they had like the colors on them because that was what ranch was but it was like all chemicals but they like made it colors so you would like associate oh my god you're right I didn't yeah it was like colors but ranch is like just powder (laughs) it's just powder it's stupid that's so funny I used to be afraid of those Doritos my mom and my sister loved them and I was like so afraid to eat them (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why so funny because I like loved the nacho cheese ones. Oh well, I, I love like, them too. No, I did. It's, it didn't start until I had a friend in seventh grade. We would like go to her house after school, and she had AOL, and it was like before I had it. AOL. So she had like <laughs> Messenger, like all that shit, and we would just like search the internet. And that's I was like, oh, that's why you're so much cooler than I am because you could talk to everyone. Like, yeah, I didn't have that. And we would sit and eat. She loved Corinne Doritos. So we would sit. Hi, Caroline Hughes. I'll send this to her. <laughs> yeah, you should shout out. Yes, <laughs> we would sit and eat Corinne Doritos and drink sun-kissed orange soda. Oh my God, orange soda. <laughs> you just had a Jersey accent when you said orange soda. By the way, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> orange soda that's Good so job. funny okay yeah. so dance so when did you 
like when did dance come about? Was that just sort of like you just needed a job and then you started teaching dance classes or like how did that like what was that like? Because now dance is very much a part of your career. Yeah. And I kind of want to get into what where that's taking you now with stand up and everything. Yeah, I um, I don't know, like looking back on it. I feel like I always just incorporated it into anything I did. Like the rap parody videos, I'd always choreograph the dance breaks, <laughs> like oh, cool. stuff like that. And I remember a few years ago, there was a class I used to take at Crunch and it was like sexy dancing, not pole dancing, but it was just one of those follow along sexy dance classes. But there was also like cardio and like things in it. And I was like, I just want to teach something that's like a workout, but like sexy dance, but like. I'm not good enough to like teach like a full on dance class. Mm -hmm. And then somehow a relative of mine um, brought me, she was like, there's this class I take, like you have to take it. And she's like a Brentwood mom. Like, and I was like, Ugh, it's in Brentwood gross. <laughs> and I went with her and I remember taking the class and I didn't even want to go. I remember waking up. I, th I was probably hungover and had cramps and just was like, yeah. fuck all the things but I commit to shit and I show up right. I don't not show up I don't cancel that's awesome that is something I, I very rarely knock on wood I never cancel um and so I showed up and like the class ended and I just like burst into tears and it just so happened to be the class that the owners of the company were in and they came over to me after and they were like would you ever want to be a teacher whoa that's rad and it was just one of those things where I was like yeah and I waited a few months and then went through the training and now I'm there like one of their online fitness instructors and I teach a bunch of classes and it's created like a whole community and it kind of was everything I had like wanted um and yeah, I've met all these cool, like there's a woman that came up to me in class and she was like, you're a comedian, right? Like I'm a writer. And like, turns out like she like has all these amazing scripts. So she had me like punch up writing scripts and now I like kind of assist her on the side and like, that's so cool. I, and I'm going all over the place. So if you guys can follow this good okay. for you, she, um, I just did a podcast with this like manifestation kind of like guru mm -hmm. who I met over 10 years ago. We were both cocktail servers at the last. And it Factory. was her podcast or it was for your podcast. It was for mine. What's your Jersey. Yeah. What's your Jersey. And you guys can go listen to the episode. Her name is Lacey Phillips and she has this brand called two, be magnetic it's become hugely popular but when we met at the laugh factory like she was poor as fuck like even on the podcast i was like you had holes in your sneakers wow. like and How we long both ago was this this was i think we worked there nine years ago wow and that was before i ever wanted to be a comic like ever thought i, I could even do that like i was working there just because i was obsessed with dane cook Nice. And like got offered the job. <laughs> like it was one of those things where like I was like, oh, my God, the Laugh Factory. Yes. Yeah. You know, and Amazing. I dated a bunch of comics there. Timing there. Yeah. We've all <laughs> like, been there. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's so crazy. It's cool because all the comics are like hugely successful now, which is great for them. Um, <laughs> but the point of that story was like Lacey basically said to me on the podcast, she was like, you need to incorporate comedy into dance and incorporate those jobs. And like, I feel like now ever since she said that, like I got asked to like do choreography today for like a big comedy show, the goddamn comedy jam. And like, yeah, that's amazing. There's like all these things that are coming from it where I never thought that could be a thing. Right. You know, so and the goddamn comedy jam is something that 
Josh Meyer started, which has taken off over the last five years. So that's like huge that you get to be a part of that. Yeah, it's cool. I'm just a backup dancer on it, but like I can't reveal any details of what we're doing, but it's very on brand with what we've been talking about. Um. And if people don't know what that is, basically um, Josh had this theory that every comedian actually secretly wants to be a rock star. Mm -hmm. So I've actually... Don't be mad at me, and I'm embarrassed to say this, but I've never gone because I don't care. I've just always like been afraid. <laughs> it's not my show. Yeah, but I'm like, I feel like I sh- it's like a staple in LA now. You should like come on Tuesday. Yeah, so I will go next Tuesday. It's crazy because I have like exes that are performing on the show. Like Jim Jeffries is on the show. Oh who my, my My boyfriend's one of the executive producers of his show. Oh, cool. Like, it's like a very that. full circle show. Yeah. And they're all going to do stand-up. Yeah. And then they're going to rock out to their favorite And I song. always say that I always wanted to be the, a pop star, but I never had the abs for it. Yeah. Like, and that's one Which of the Which, stop lines. it. You look great, by the way. Thank you. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. So, you, <laughs> your question was, how did dance come into comedy? Yeah. That's, but we kind of just, like, full circle sort of explain how you are now doing it all. Yeah. So, it's cool and it's been fun. But, Yeah. It's also like I don't want to like give up doing stand up and just focus on like dance. It's just right. something that I feel like you have to like lean into. And that's something that Lacey talks about on the podcast was she has this thing where you ask yourself all these different questions. Like what do people always tell me I'm good at? Like what always comes naturally to me? Like what is something I don't like procrastinate on or I don't like put off? And like those are like the fundamentals of like what you should be doing in life and oh, like wow. what your purpose is and like all of that. And I, and even after like peep friends would come to those shows, the comedy, like I've always been told I have like really good stage presence and can do voices and like move really well. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm just starting to like get like my funny is catching up to like the stage presence stuff. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think it comes like certain people find their niche in comedy. Yeah. Like a lot of people, I think d- people that aren't comedians or that don't really know or watch a lot of stand up, like, being a comedian, you can tell me your experience, but what I've learned is it's taken me seven years to find out really what my, like what I'm good at in comedy. And that's more of like slightly storytelling going into mm-hmm. just like whatever, like whatever's going on in my life in that present moment. Whereas I'm not like a punchline comic, really. I'm not a one-two punch either. Yeah. But I've been watching your clips and like you're getting so much stronger and you are finding your voice. (laughs) No, but it's true. Like it is also I feel like you're being more honest about like what's actually going on in your life. Yeah, I, I definitely think that the thing that I struggled with and which is why it's taken me a long time. Um, it feels like forever for me. I think it's everyone's on their own timeline, but was that, yeah, it was hard for me to be honest because I was so worried, like, oh, if I talked about sex too much or if I talked about this topic or that, like, people are going to see me in a certain light. And now it's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm just like, this is. And that's something that, like, that's you stepping into your own strength and realizing, like, this is what I'm good at. This is what I want to talk about. And people might react badly to it but they'll either get over it or they're gonna get out and they're not the audience then I mean like everyone has like what do you think like when do you think was the aha moment for you in performing where you were like oh this is really what I want to do god I never like for the longest time thought of stand-up as like an actual career 
And it's taken me a while to realize like, no, I'm actually good at this and I can actually like go further with this. And kind of the aha moment for me was actually this summer I performed, um, I've started, I guess, featuring, or I'm going to be featuring for Mike Marino, who... Mm -hmm. Super cool. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, All kind of came about through me talking about being Italian and being from Jersey and talking about all the things that make me the way I am and growing up in the same place. So, like, put that shit out there, especially if you're, like, a comic that, like, is just starting out. Like, you know, find your tribe, find your people that you're similar to, because the people that are more successful than you that have the same kind of like background, like they can bring you up. Totally. (laughs) You know, like it works. And he, um, I was put on a show with him this summer in New Jersey and it was really, really scary because a lot of family came out, which they hadn't come out in a while because they came out to the first few shows and then they were like, yeah. oh, we just really don't want to hear you talking about like, yeah. your sex life and like <laughs> anal bleaching. And, Awkward. Like, Wait, do you do that? Um, Not anymore. No. No, no. I mean, I don't talk about it and I've never done it. No, no, no. I had some questions. (laughs) You were like, not anymore. I kind of want to know. Oh my God. I wish I had like a great like, you know, butt bleaching story. Oh gosh. Do you do it? No, that's what I was going to, I was, I've been, (laughs) I really hope my mom never figures out how to listen to podcasts. Um, I, they do believe me, they do. And I get notes on mine. Oh my gosh. I, or my dad, my dad stalks me on the internet. Um, Oh, he's definitely listening. Yeah. And I refuse to allow him to follow me on anything, but, um, (laughs) that's funny. No, I just like had some questions. I wish (laughs) we can Google it after. I don't know much about it. I I really don't. I don't. Yeah. That's going to be, I feel like for me, that's when I'm, when I'm married, like that's maybe I'll start doing that. That'll be like next leveling it. (laughs) I like, I've like gotten really into, um, just being ready for anything at any time. So look at you. Yeah. (laughs) The grooming has definitely, um, that's the key to success. Always be ready. Yeah. You always gotta be ready. (laughs) I mean, you never know when like everything might take a turn. I'm just going to have to be like move into porn or something. (laughs) You will not have to do that. You're very, you're on the right track. Yeah. I like to keep that shit private, but yeah. Um, and so, I feel like there's been times where I've like not hooked up with someone or like stopped something from happening like naturally because I was like, oh, fuck, I'm not shaved or like oh, yeah. I'm in between waxes. And you don't want to be that girl. No, never ever. Got to mm. always be ready. Yeah, you be ready. Yeah, you're ready for that orgasm. Yes. Um, Is so that yeah. your best advice for me? That's that's <laughs> it. Just always be ready. Yeah, but you've already the- taken that <laughs> advice for yourself. Um, that's the key to success. <laughs> the only advice I have when it comes to relationships, and then I'll get back to my <laughs> aha moment. Um, yeah, well, your aha moment. The success for relationships, I do say in the beginning, if it's pretty easy and it just happens naturally and like it doesn't seem to have like a lot of drama and like whatnot and you're not like worrying about shit, like just because I've had a lot of that. Oh, yeah. And I have now been with my boyfriend for two and a half years and we are going through like growing pains now because it's like we're at that like crossroads where, you know, we're year three. Yeah. We're both adults and we live together and it's like, okay, (laughs) are we going to really do this yeah and we both are in the entertainment industry which is very different than if we both had regular nine to five jobs that we've been working at for the past 10 years and oh that sounds awful though (laughs) I know right immediately you're like yeah I'm like I yeah it's just different and so we're like navigating those waters but I do have to say like in the beginning it was more just 
I didn't feel like we were playing games. I didn't feel like I had to, you know, do anything. He always reached out first without even me being like steady hand. I'm not going to text. Like it was always, I just always felt like he wanted to hang out with me and he wanted to do things with me. And like, it just seemed very like chill and natural. And then I actually like really liked him. So I didn't buy it. I wasn't like turned off by him, like pursuing me and wanting to be around me. So I guess just be cool. Keep doing you and be confident and just know that like they'll come to you. Hell yeah. That's the only advice I have for that. (laughs) Oh, thanks. Yeah, that's great. I think that's great advice for anyone listening, especially just because if you are living in Los Angeles, dating is so fucking... It's like not that it's hard. It's just everyone is so distracted all the time. There's a million things. There's like... And everyone that's walking around, I mean, like 90% of the people are like the hottest people that were the hottest in their high school. Like everyone moved here that was like prom king and queen. And like you're dealing with like a whole nother level of people. (laughs) I know. And it's everyone. And then Instagram just adds a whole other element. But we could... That's like a whole other podcast. And we can do that another time. You have to come online. So your aha moment, I would say was comedy store Britney Spears dancing. (laughs) (laughs) Brian, your favorite choreographer telling you that you're the best. Is that true? That was like a really good one. Yeah. Because I also like did really well comedy wise. Like you have to do stand up before that. Right. And then you guys break out into dance, right? Yeah. And there's a bunch of rounds. Is that show? They're still doing that show, right? It's like once a month. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who's on it this month, but it's really good and fun. And it is a lot of work and they take it like really seriously. Yeah. But I would say more of my aha moment was this summer having like family there. My boyfriend's family showed up. They sat my family with his family who had just met all at the same table. Like never have people in the audience that you know (laughs) in the front rows. And like it was like spotlights on everyone. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like I'm not changing my set for everyone. Like I have to entertain. There's 300 people here. Yeah. Like I have a job to do. And it was one of those things where like it went fine. Granted, I didn't like murder. I didn't kill, but I also had a ton of women that are in their forties, fifties, sixties, walk up to me after my set being like, Oh my God, I like praise you for getting on that stage and even talking about what you talk about. And also I think everything you said is exactly what's going on in my head all the time. And a lot of them were just scared to even laugh in front of their husbands, which (laughs) I don't know. I'm trying to navigate those waters now because I don't want people to be like scared to laugh at something. But they're not. And like, I think that a lot of the time when when we do have those fears, it's just because we're up there and we're like in our head. Right. But like people are genuinely laughing and enjoying. Exactly. And 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 like that's why you got hired for the job. Exactly. That's why you're there, you know. People give you spots because look at me now giving advice. I guess 13 episodes. <laughs> look at you. Um, but yeah, no, that's so. So like while you were up there, did you feel like it was like a fight or flight moment? It or? definitely felt like that. Like it was one of those things where like this could go terrible. And it also was an audition like the There was other comedy bookers there who I wanted to be working at their clubs. Like this is in New York, right? This was so the organization Catch a Rising Star their bookers were there. They were the ones that produced the show. Cut to when I was a little girl, I grew up in Princeton, New Jersey. There was a Catch a Rising Star nightclub oh, that wow. a ton of people would go through in Princeton. 
And I would always, there was like this koi pond in front of it. And I remember playing in front of that because it was in like a Marriott or a Hyatt. And we, uh-huh. there, we had a lot of like family parties there. So I remember always being outside Catch Rising Star, like comedy club, being like, oh, I wish I could go in there. Like I didn't even know what it was. I just knew oh, wow. it was cool and I wasn't allowed it. Yeah, that was the place to be. Because <laughs> I was 10. Um, <laughs> and so those bookers were there. And now I'm going back and I'm actually performing there coming up. So like. That's amazing. That happened from that show. And also. So like after that show, my dad came up to me and gave me like a hug and was like, you did good. Like, Aww. you know, like I got kind of the like, good job. Seal like I'm proud of you. From the pops. Yeah. So it kind of. I've met your dad before. You have. You have. Yeah. What did you mean? Oh, my God. You have. You and your brother. That's so funny. You I met just like real- the whole family. I did like a couple years ago. That was crazy. Yeah, by accident. You let us into a house. I did. I did. I moonlighted. Moonlit? Moonlit. I love that house. Yeah, that house was awesome. It was um, the guy that owned it didn't treat it very well. And I was always up his ass about it before I quit that job. But do you know that was a lot happened that week? That was the first time um, my boyfriend and I had just been dating. Oh, that's right. I remember that. And he, it was the first time he met my family and he like came up to the house and my dad and my brother, there was like a big pool and at night they decided to chip golf balls into the pool. Oh my God. (laughs) So they were like doing that like as he walked up and he was like, what the fuck am I walking into? And we also at that house found out my grandmother had passed away. Oh shit. Yeah. My mom, it's, it's a very weird twisted long story and she had honestly passed away like a month or two prior to oh, when we found but out no one knew. and it was like a weird thing where like my dad and I were driving down to like go to Bristol Farms and he was like your mom was like on the phone and things seemed kind of weird Crazy. and we like called her when we were driving down the hill and she was like my mom passed away and we were like what like it was a very like that house was therapeutic for us but also Whoa. Yeah, like so many things happen in that like one chunk week of time. Like it was crazy. And I was the last one to leave the house. And it felt like, you know, when you're watching like the real world, yeah, like the original real like, world. Bye. <laughs> and I was the one that had to like leave the key. And I was like, yeah. bye. Like, it was oh very, gosh. it was That's very so weird. Funny. But Lori was the one, thank God, who like showed us yeah. around and like helped. I hope we weren't too annoying. No, you guys were fine. I was the concierge of this like um, luxury vacation rental company for a hot minute where I like, we had like really high end crazy you guys weren't crazy, but we had like some crazy clientele, like lots of celebrities and like. Oh my god! Like, who tell us? Players. No one's listening. Tell us. Oh yeah, there <laughs> were there was like there were like like a couple rappers stayed in that place. I remember one of them got too high and like locked himself out, and like I had just found out that a friend died, or well, like I'm so sorry. He like passed away. Like I found out like that night that he like didn't pass away, but got didn't pass away yet he like got hit on his motorcycle and then was in the hospital so like a friend called to tell me that he was like on like probably brain dead and then I'm getting a call from this like super high as fuck rapper that's like you need to come up here right now and like let me back into the house and I'm like scrambling because I had just gotten the job I had maybe worked at that company for like two weeks (sighs) and like it was just so gnarly and like all these things were going down then I call my boss and I'm like I think I have to go to the hospital and like see my friend and then like and then this fucking rapper man like called me like religiously until like two in the morning to like get back in the house and then it turned out that 
They didn't lose the key and they didn't lock themselves out. They just weren't turning it all the way. Are you kidding me? I swear to God. Can we do like a sounds like and I can try to guess the rapper? Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, G witty. <laughs> no, no, that house isn't lux luxurious enough for him. That's true. He went to, okay, we got to go okay, lower. It's someone that's like super famous now, but like wasn't really that famous. At the time? At the time. Um, like it was like two, almost three years ago. Mavis Pot. I don't even know. I, that was Travis Scott. Oh. <laughs> I guess that doesn't sound like that. Yeah. I also don't know that. Oh, wait. Like, what about who's the guy that Cardi B, Cardi B's baby daddy? You might be hitting the, you might be. Yes. Like maybe. Migos? Like maybe. one of the Migos guys? Maybe. Oh, God. Okay. She'll tell me after. Yeah, it was so crazy. But also, I don't know if I should tell you this, but fun fact about the house, and I'm just going to tell you anyways, the guy that used to own it had cancer and burnt the house down with himself in it. And <gasps> then the guy that owned it when you rented it, he's the one that like rebuilt it and everything. Oh, my so it's God. super haunted. So if you experienced anything weird, it was because it's like super haunted, I heard. Is it? Yeah. <gasps> Oh my gosh! I wish You're I had crazy. known that when I was there because I'm like no, into haunted I never, shit. I never tell anyone that though because you never know how people are gonna react. Cause there's another house that we used to um, rent out to people, and it was the um, oh my god, the guy that wrote Citizen Kane, Orson Welles. It was his house. He wrote Citizen Kane in the house, and like a bunch of people like died in that house, and like he like pushed his wife down the stairs in it, and I think <sighs> she like committed suicide or one of them or someone committed suicide in the house and every day at 2 p.m. you would hear someone like rolling down the stairs because <gasps> like there's like residual energy so if you believe in ghosts and like energy and shit like I'm really um sensitive to all of that stuff yeah, so me like too. I, yeah I can like sense shit and also you everyone would tell me that their phone like during around that time would like if you had your cell phone out even if you had a hundred percent battery it would shut off I, I'm so intrigued. I like want to go to this house right now. I literally, I love the area Laurie lives in. And whenever I'm having like a bad day, my boyfriend and I like drive out mm -hmm. here and I make him drive by the Black Dahlia house. Oh like, yeah, the Los Feliz murder house. Yeah, like on the rag. Yeah. There's like, also a house where a doctor kind of by me um, like murdered his whole family. Like um, hit them all, murdered them, bludgeoned all of them with a hammer. And that house just got bought but no one's living in it they just own it i don't know what they're gonna do with it but They'll probably knock it down yeah the christmas tree is still up like they like left everything inside it's crazy oh my god this yeah. is like a recent thing no this was like in the 60s and it's still just like chilling yeah, like christmas it has to be a fake tree a eh? yeah <laughs> oh my god but we can like drive by and like it's always people always drive by all the time did you see once upon a time in hollywood I've seen it twice. Oh, uh, I'm so jealous. I want to see it again. Yeah. But now I'm like fascinated. And By I don't... Cielo Drive. Yeah. Oh my God. I've well, never been on it. So um, I did a bunch of reading and there's also a podcast. I'll send you the link where you can listen to like all the theories of like what happened and like why he, why Tarantino, we're, spoiler alert, why Tarantino made it more fantasy than like um, true towards the end. But um, so they filmed... They like met Tarantino, like met a guy that takes everyone on the tour mm -hmm. of like what happened that day, like everywhere that everyone went that was involved in those murders. Okay. So they like, go on the tour and then you end up at the house. But the house has actually been torn down and rebuilt. And now it's some like really disgusting, like Greek looking, like 
monstrosity and it changed the whole street so the street's not curved or anything anymore really yeah but they like took photos of what it looked like before and then they found properties that looked similar and then they like used like stage and stuff like they like added like stages to make it look like it did back in the 60s I really like went in a black hole. No, I love this. I I want to hear all about it. But yeah, so um, I guess the guy that does the tour like said that it was like almost 99% like pretty spot on, like pretty accurate of what it looked like. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. But yeah, I know I want to go and like I grew up by Simi Valley, like in Thousand Oaks, like the edge of Thousand Oaks, Simi Valley, like and we would when we were in high school, we would go to like Box Canyon and like drive through Box Canyon and try to like see all the places like the caves and stuff that Manson would like go to and like have all of his like sex parties and like where they would trip. Oh my God. Stuff. Yeah. Like by the fucking ranch and everything. We would go Those there. scenes at the ranch with like oh Lena God. Dunham. Oh my God. So gnarly. Like she's so evil. <sighs> so evil. Oh, I have chills. I know. I will like want to go on tours now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. We should go on like a haunted. I on Halloween. I always have wanted to do those like walking tours. There's like a haunted walking tour in Pasadena that you can do. Really? Yeah. You can like Google it. It's supposed to be really cool. We did one. Um, Rachel O'Brien and I took Annabelle DeSisto on one for her birthday. Really? Is her birthday around Halloween? No, it's oh. in April. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it wasn't a walking tour. It was like one of those tours where like. We didn't realize what we were signing up for. And like, it was scary. It was a commitment. We were stuck on like a bus and like the tour oh, guy was God. really fucking weird. Oh, so it was like bad. Yeah. And it, yeah. Oh. And we, we went to like a lot of the like cool haunted, like scary spots and all of that. But like you just felt like you were in prison for like three hours. And he was saying like creepy stuff to us on the bus. Ooh, and like, gross. yeah, it was not okay. Oh, um, I wish I could remember. Like a bummer. Yeah, it was a lot. But yeah, I'm into that stuff. I am super into like haunted stuff too. Like I fully believe and I feel like I've had some experiences growing up. And um, I also think that like people when they die, when they first die, (laughs) I'm going to sound crazy. I don't know um, that they like come to you in your dreams sometimes. Oh, they definitely do. Yeah. I like think that. I like it because there are certain people that like I either a never got to meet Mm -hmm. um, that come to me in my dreams. Oh yeah. Like, you know, like Elvis. (laughs) (laughs) oh you mean like family members (laughs) i was like cool like elvis (laughs) or like someone that you like look up to i'm like grace kelly says what's up (laughs) on the rag (laughs) no i wish that would be so cool so let's shift gears because we're gonna end soon but um oh i thought it was at 50 we have actually a lot of time oh um cool so like you so your aha moment we already went over like what would you say are like the five things that in your whole career since you've been in LA that really stand out as far as like um where you are now like what do you think what five things can you think this is like rapid fire whatever comes to mind that have brought you to now yeah um I I think the rap parody videos because they introduced me to a lot of people that I still work with. And that was like early, like 2012, 2013. Yeah. And that even like one of like, and again, this isn't like a huge career moment, but it was pretty cool. Like the last one I did was with Gabby Conti. And it was one of those things where I was miserable. I was nannying for a famous boy banders, like three kids. 
And I remember sitting in traffic at night with the kids like screaming in the back and <laughs> the song, it was right when A Million Reasons came out by Lady Gaga. And oh I was like, God. oh my God, this year you- sucked. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I need to write a parody about this. And so I went home, Gabby and I were living together at the time. She like had come home from a date. So she was like Pinot Grigio drunk. And I was like, I think we should write this. We wrote it in like less than an hour. It was a million reasons why 2016 sucked. Oh my God. And it was like during the election. Like it was just like, it was perfect timing. And she literally got half day today, this production company um, who like kind of owed her a favor. We like met with them the next day. They happened to have like a soundstage. They happened to know the guy who had the same guitar she used in the video. They recreated Amazing. all the shots that lady, like the video literally had just dropped. And that's like the biggest thing when it comes to like doing a parody right. or something. Timely. It's all about the timing. Yeah. And it was just one of those things where like it all happened and we were like leaving for Christmas break. Like I literally was on like a flight out the next day. Like it, it was all like it had to happen. We made it happen. We had no money, but like it was just it all fucking turned out flawless and yeah, it awesome. Yeah, was amazing. I remember. Thank you. And it was cool. Like the Huffington Post reposted it, Elite Daily, and then Lady Gaga actually like retweeted it. Oh my God. I didn't, I don't know if I remember seeing that. That's, yeah. holy shit. And that was a cool moment because that was all happening right when my boyfriend and I, we hadn't met yet, but we had just started talking. And oh. I remember him like reposting it and like texting me. Wow, he nonstop. liked you. Yeah, and now, like, it's weird. Like, not that, like, Lady Gaga or Bradley Cooper or, like, us or, like, anything. But, <laughs> you like, are them. But we're, like, them. Um, <laughs> no, but, like, actually, this week it popped up. We went to... I He, like, got us tickets to her concert two years ago. And, like, she sang uh, that, that song just, like, means a lot. Yeah. And then we were, like, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper for Halloween from A Star is Born That's this year. That's right. <laughs> and he, like, looks like... He was, like, this shiny toy object in that oh entire pairing. Like, everyone was, like, oh, my God, you look so much hotter like this. Um love it yeah so that was like a big like the parodies have definitely like brought me a lot so yeah the parodies because that's like comedy i forgot that you lived with gabby is she in new york now no she moved back okay and now full circle moment um luchana gatika who was a comic she doesn't do comedy anymore she had moved Mm. to new york for a while yeah she was doing a show called fuck mary kill in new york with walker hayes yeah very popular it's been going on like really big comics do it it's really fun the audience plays fuck mary kill with you it's great and you get bits from it oh cool luchana then moved back to la like six months ago her and Walker approached me and she was like, I want to host it with you. So we started, we like launched it two months oh, ago. Okay. I think I saw something on Instagram. Yeah. So we've been doing it out here. And then Luchana was like, I don't like LA. So now she's like back she in New went York. Back? Yeah. And oh like my last God. minute, like literally <laughs> bought a one way ticket. This is like, just, this is just like the artist's life though. Yeah. Like literally I was like, I have this bartending job. I don't know if I'm coming back. Do you want to fill in? And I was like, oh, I need extra money. So like, I literally have taken over her shift in new york and now like i'm running her show here and gabby was who like because we used to run a show called holy cannoli gabby filled in this past week and was phenomenal and hilarious and it was a great fit and it's cool because we kind of had a falling out when she like left and like it definitely yeah it was cool to work with her where are you guys doing the show at now what venue right now it's at the belmont which is on la cienega in west hollywood and we do it in their sidebar and it's gotten more we've had very cool it's such a great spot for that it's fun it's a different 
bar to like work with because it's kind of a weird space. It's so cool, but it's mm-hmm. like a weird space. But we're finally like it's getting more traction and yeah. people we've had like Chris Red from SNL popped in and did it. Cool. And like love him. The comics have been really, really fun and great. So when's the next one? I don't know. Christine Casagrande actually just texted me because she produces it with us. And she was like, we need to book a date. So it's either going to be September 11th, which is <laughs> kind of like That's weird. Okay. It's been a long, it's been long enough. It's, yeah. Too soon. Um, sorry. <laughs> I'm, uh, such, I'm insensitive. Yeah. No, I just meant like. It's fine. Everyone. We have to keep sorry. going. R.I.P. Yeah. We have to move. Well, the whole point of doing comedy is to make people happy. Yeah. So on like a sad day like that, I think. Yeah. Like people can laugh. and Yeah. So I guess, yeah, I don't know what my other aha moments are. Uh, performing at the Laugh Factory for the first time was a big deal for me. Oh, that's cool. Were you, which show, was it the Pretty Funny Women show? I or? think that was the first time I had performed oh, cool. on it. Um, that was a big deal just because I had waitressed there like eight years prior yeah, to yeah. it. And I had walked those like hallways for so long and never in a million years thought I'd be going on stage. I remember like That's so cool taking that moment in like before going on, it was packed and just seeing like the bartenders, Noelle and Medell there who I had worked with and like looking wow. at all the other cocktail servers being like, get out while you can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, but it's great there now. This is something that's changed in the comedy industry where when I was cocktail serving, no one that was working there was trying to be a stand-up comic. Right. And like even at the comedy store, like in the improv, now yeah. everyone that's working there like is also performing. is like trying to get spots and like it's all very supportive. Right. Which I feel like that's turned, which is great. I think it has. I think it's changed in the last five, six years. Like everything's changed. It's so crazy how comedy has even become more of this forefront just in entertainment. Like people knew about comedy and people were watching it because like Amy Schumer was coming up and Sarah Silverman was like the thing. She still is the thing. She's the shit. She's one of my favorite people. Whitney Cummings. Yeah. It was like, and now with the advent of like with social media growing and being able to like help people build a following just on their own without you coming to a show necessarily yeah. I think is it's a double-edged sword it is I fucking hate it I, I have the yeah. algorithm I don't know about you it's fucked my shit up. I miss I so no, much stuff yeah and I have no I get no likes yeah it's the worst <laughs> I don't know how to change everything's it. dropped off yeah, yeah no it's yeah. tough I get like 12 likes on something where I'm like I'm just now just gonna post for the sake of posting so people don't think I died yeah exactly <laughs> No. And I guess one of the other coolest moments, um, touring overseas and performing for the troops. Oh, that's right. You did that. Was that last summer? That was, God, it's insane that I think that was three years ago now. Okay. But that was one of those things. It was really scary. My family did not want me to do it, like leading up to it. It was like one of those things when like the idea came about, they're like, that's great. But they didn't actually think it would happen. Yeah. And like leading up to it the month before, every day I would wake up with emails from my dad about like ISIS. Oh my God. And like every day, like you're going to die. Um, and it was also like a rough time because a very close uncle passed away suddenly. And like his son was having like a wedding a month later and I was going to have to, they pushed the tour back a day so I could go to this wedding. Wow. And I remember leaving the hotel at like 5 a.m., to go to the airport and my brother at the wedding pulled me outside and was like don't go don't go to Egypt like it was like all just so traumatic and it was one of those things where like it was like a fight or flight moment yeah and it was really cool and I wish I could remember his name the uber driver that picked me up to go to the airport 
I feel like I'm going to cry talking about it. He was like an empath and a psychic and he was from Turkey, which was one of the places I was going on tour. Crazy. And he looked at me and he was like, you're going to be fine. And he gave me an orange to keep in my suitcase the whole time. Oh my God. (laughs) Good luck. Did it work? It did. I mean, mean, I made it back. Yeah. You know, I almost got like captured on a camel in the middle of the (laughs) desert. Yeah. Like it was like a whole thing where like, yeah, my like camel tour guide like wouldn't bring me back and brought like the entire group back until like I gave him more money. What the fuck? Yeah, it was insane. But like we were with like this like historian that was like Egypt and English and like we had like armed guards and we were with an armored car and I told him what happened the tour guide actually ended up coming to the sphinx which was where we were at next and like gave me back my money and apologized and I was like just get away yeah (laughs) oh my weird yeah I was like I'm fine just please go away crazy (laughs) yeah so that was just one of those experiences where I was going to really fucking scary places I also I had never met Jill Kimmel was on the tour with me I never met her before, but like before meeting her, you think, oh my God, Jimmy Kimmel's sister. Like she's like this like badass Italian. I'm like, she's yeah. either going to hate me or <laughs> fucking love me. Yeah. And so I was like scared of her. And like, I just, I never met like Nick Novicki who was on the tour and Johnny Cardinelli, like who booked me on it. Like yeah, I didn't Johnny. know him that well, yeah. you know, and Chris Wyvel, I had never met. Like it was just all these like scary as fuck things where you're like am I really gonna go on like 13 flights with these people and go to like all these countries and like oh it was just insane and it was the best three weeks of my life like I will never forget it and that was another thing where like you're like oh I belong here like I deserve to be doing comedy like I can make all these people who are away from home happy like having troops come up to you and just like be like thank you so much like it just it was so eye-opening and so fun and like it was crazy so that was like a big I recommend anyone who can do that to do that yeah but that feels like so long ago I feel like so much life has happened since then which is crazy I know I feel like some days I'm like oh a week ago like what like time goes by so fast now yeah it's a lot so yeah I guess those are kind of like my no uh-huh. those are good moments I like hearing stories like that especially the camel story oh <laughs> I my almost God. didn't make it back holy <laughs> shit like so do you now um like before you go on stage do you have like any type of like rituals that you do or is like there any like different ways that you perform or is it just sort of like you don't even think about it anymore you just like get up there and it's and that's that or it's weird it's funny Because like I grew up doing so much theater and I would always stand in the wings and I would like look up right before I would go on. And my dad's mom, I never met my grandma, Jerry, but everyone I like look like her and everyone said Uh like I act like her and I would basically like pray for her to like watch out for me. That's so cute. And that would be like (laughs) a calming thing. Yeah. To feel like I'm going to be safe no matter what. Like I'm going to remember my lines. I'm going to remember everything. Like everything's going to be fine. And I feel like I need to do that more now and like trust in the work that like, cause we go to mics and we write and we've been right. doing this for a while. Yeah. And like, I feel like lately I've been like trying to like try new bits and like ch- kind of change the order of my set to see like where things work. And I feel like I need to like trust in it and not like freak out so much right before, like the minute before it's literally, I don't care. And maybe it's like good. I hope this never goes away where like your right. heart is pounding and you're like, Oh my God. And then you get up there and you're fine. The nerves. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I used to do that a lot. Now 
I try to just write down. It's kind of like a song list on a CD. Yeah. Like, you know, I'll just write down to make sure I like know my bearings. And it always makes me bad because there's always things I want to try that I forget to bring up or yeah, like me too. And I want to get that like polished where like that's not the case. And now I feel like especially after having that manifestation coach Lacey on the podcast and me realizing like, oh, I have a place here and I am really good and like I deserve a spot too. I feel like I should be working on my late night set and like working on like a special now and like I have enough time like it's time yeah so it's time to like stop being scared so would you say that's probably like half the battle like if you had to give anyone advice on creating your like own path to success totally like just know that like there's a place for you and like if you look around there's so many other people who are either a just as talented or b like half as talented as you are who are doing way more shit than you are because they don't give a fuck and they're confident and they're just like yeah I deserve to be here and I'll go for it and so many people bomb and granted like you there is a fine line where like you don't want to put yourself out there if you have that one shot and then just totally shit the bed and then you never get a shot again that's a whole nother story yeah but just know that it's okay to reach out to certain people and be like hey can I do your show like the worst thing they can say is no yeah and I feel like that for so long stopped me from reaching out or putting things out there or like you know, where like we belong, we, we do the work, like it's fine. You're going to be fine. That was my experience too. I was always afraid to ask. And now I just ask everyone. And sometimes people are like, no, sorry. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. You're like, cool. like we don't want the sober girl on the show. We're sick of listening to you, but um, there needs to be one. There's 20 other comics talking about how they're alcoholics. Yeah. Like, we need the <laughs> yeah, opposite. I'm like, Come on. There's a niche for me. Yeah. I'm starting to write more stuff but yeah I think that's that's so true I used I was the same like I do go through phases sometimes where I think I hold myself back because I do get scared or or I'm like oh I don't want to go do this mic tonight because I need it like it's really easy to make up excuses and then you go to the mic and you see there's people that are killing at the mic but there's also people that you're up there and you're like you're wasting my fucking time about what you're talking about but they don't fucking care yeah so it doesn't matter and also know that no one is you and if you like hold on to that and you're like okay this person's great yes she's a girl too yes she's pretty but like we're different and we have different things we bring to the table and just because she's killing doesn't mean I can't kill too you know like and for non-comics listening killing is good yeah killing (laughs) is yeah we want to kill it we want the audience and I hate it when people get off and they're like I killed but you know you just want to do good or you want to crush or you know like you you want to feel like I want to do that again. Exactly. That's always been my main thing. And even like I had a show last night and like I didn't feel like I crushed or killed, but there was things I got out of it. And you sometimes have to sit in like the negative and you have to sit in the awkward to like move forward. Have you do you we're going to get out of here soon, but do you have anything? I'm probably going to post this like this week sometimes. Do you have anything coming up that you want to share where people can see you or any new parody videos (laughs) i wish hopefully my next parody will be like something i'm just doing originally yeah um no i'm on the goddamn comedy jam at the roxy on tuesday i don't know what the date is next tuesday i think it's like the 15th yeah no no no, it's not nope the 16th is this friday it's gonna be the nineteenth. Nineteenth. Yeah, yeah. I can count. So <laughs> you can do that. That's in West Hollywood, and it's really fun. There's awesome people on it. I'm just dancing on it and choreographed it, but it's still gonna be 
awesome. Yeah, Bill Burr always drops in. Yeah. He's always there. Sarah Silverman, if she's in. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. So, and the lineup's great. So, I'll be on that. I know I'm at the dojo on the Eskimo Sisters show. Me too. <laughs> Yay. Oh, so at the end of this month. Yeah, yeah, me too. Oh, my God. Okay. So, you have to come see both of us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, Jacqueline's going to be headlining. And I'll <laughs> no. be opening for her. <laughs> That's adorable. Um, no, that room's a weird room. Yeah, it is a weird room. I've done know. great. And also walked off being like I think I should not do this anymore (laughs) I've I've like gone there and there's been like three people in the audience and I'm like I'm gonna be the best comic ever (laughs) I'm just kidding no because it's like when there's three people that you don't tell jokes you just talk to them (laughs) well yeah that was something last night where I was I was really in my head because there were certain things that were happening in the audience like that people were like laughing at certain parts that I wasn't used to or like commenting on certain things. And I didn't react to that. Like I reacted to hearing the music that was being played in the kitchen by like the dishwashers. (laughs) But like, Oh my God. I was like, Jacqueline, like you need to react to like people yelling stuff out or saying that like, I was just kind of going through it. Uh, That happens to me sometimes too, where I'm like, yeah, waiting for the, like to say the next thing. And then I'll listen to it back later. And I'm like, Oh shit. I should have like acknowledged that that person was excited. Yeah. Yeah, it's so hard because sometimes you just like get in your head. Yeah, like it's it's a like I do a whole bit where I talk about how I'm passionate and Italian and talk with my hands a lot. And then when I'm yelling at my boyfriend, I'll like accidentally go into like, oops, I did it again. Choreography like I can't contain it. And it always does get like a little applause break. But it's me yelling at my boyfriend. And literally, I've been doing this bit for probably over two years. And it just occurred to me that after the applause break, it usually gets I should be like, my boyfriend has the opposite reaction of you guys. Like yes. I definitely don't get applause or like there's like a tag there or something. Yeah. So like you can always be like working, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. It is cool to like have, I have jokes. Like, do you say you have a couple of jokes that you've done for like a couple of years where you can constantly make them evolve or yeah. grow? Our friend Jay Chris Newberg always told me that like the way to like write a really good joke is like you have like your tree base, like the roots of the tree. That's the joke. And then you never stop writing branches and leaves off of that joke. And there's I like that. I know. It's pretty She's simple. Never told me that. It's only because I sat him down before I went on that <laughs> USO tour and I was like, help. Oh, that's awesome. He's actually going to be the next guest. <gasps> Oh, cool. Tell him I spoke very highly of him. I will. And well, that I'm Jack- mad at him because he was supposed to have me on his podcast a while ago. Me too. You know, because yeah. I, I think he got like another writing gig and so it got put on hold or something. No, you're right. Yeah. But he begged so hard to be on mine and like was so persistent that I need to have that same persistence with yeah. everything else because I have to ask for what we want. That's what you said to me earlier. Exactly. Yeah. You said it to me too. That's true. Well, thank you, Jacqueline. This has been so fun. Yeah. Um, on quote unquote air. I don't even know what that means anymore because it's a podcast, not a radio show. And <laughs> off. Um, no, I'm you're so good at this. Thank you. Oh, well, you know, it only took 13 times <laughs> to get it right. But um, so let's say goodbye. But I just want everyone to know your social media. Can you share that? <laughs> I just thought you were going to say social security number. <laughs> and I was like, yes, Whoa. and your address. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, because I do the same thing. I'm always like, pimp yourself out. Like, yeah, it just, what's your social? Yeah. <laughs> um, one for no. Um, you could just find my podcast. What's your jersey on iTunes and Audio Boom Network? And my social media is just my name. So it's at Jacqueline Marfuji, J-A-C-L-Y-N-M-A-R-F-U-G-G-I. Also, my website is my name, 
Dot com. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. And I post about all my shows and my classes. And there's also codes if you're not like in Los Angeles and can't come take a class in Brentwood. Um, you can take online classes with me and there's promo codes. I think my promo codes meatballs. Yes. Which yeah. is so you. Thank Jacqueline's you. the shit. Thank you so much. Thank I feel you. like I got a lot out of this and oh, um, yay, me I'm too. excited to see what happens next for you. Same at you, girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks. Bye, Thank guys. You. Bye.